Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Before we get to today's episode with Walt Aikens, I want to introduce you to another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Uncle Al's Sports Cafe in Sunrise. This is the new location on 10035 Sunset Strip. It's on the corner of Sunset Strip and Knob Hill. We just had a watch party there. It was terrific. They've got great food, the wings, the fried pickles, everything is delicious big menu lots of variety children's menu and they've got lots of drink and beer specials for football games on thursdays they're going to have 13 dollars buckets of beer domestic 18 dollars buckets imports also they've got all kinds of drink specials sunday they got same beer specials and then additionally they're going to be giving away a television for sunday football so make sure that you get out there they've got an outside bar with a bunch of tvs ton of tvs inside you can't miss it they got them tuned to all of the different games they'll get you the game that you want and they've also got some games for the kids there so it is a great time uncle al's sports cafe in sunrise again this is the new uncle al's corner of sunset strip and knob hill and now, on to the episode. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here, as always, with Chris Whittingham. Now that you've found us on your favorite podcast provider, make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you get all of our episodes as soon as they post, as well as all of our old episodes. We just posted an episode this week with Dan Lebetard, 45 minutes on his career in Miami sports. We also did an episode recently with Dolphins receiver Jakeem Grant and with Dolphins great Richmond Webb. Well, today we're going to talk to somebody who has a big role on the Dolphins. Even if you don't hear about him all the time, he makes an impact in games and that's Walt Aikens. And Walt, we really appreciate you making the time uh, for us today. Hey man, thanks for having me. want to start here with you. Let's go back to the very beginning because I was looking at some videos on you when you were drafted by the Dolphins back in 2014 in the fourth round talking about how you knew or you wanted to be a professional football player from the time you were, what, five or six years old? Is that right? Yeah, something like that, man. I remember my pops took me to a Panthers game in Charlotte, and um, I remember standing uh, in the bleachers, and I told my dad I want to play out there one day. And um, he said, you will, and it stuck with me forever. And just having that come into fluition is, is just an amazing blessing. Well, were you, your father was an Army brat, is that right? Or you were an army yeah, guy. My dad was an army guy, so um, he was real disciplined. That's where I get a lot of my my focus and stuff from from my pops. And is that is that something that 
uh, it sort of has an effect on your personality in other ways. And how similar is that to the way that football organizations work? Because that comparison is made all the time. What similarities do you see in it? Well, I feel like it helps in life in general. You know, you always have somebody coaching you in one aspect or another. It doesn't have to be sports related. It can be life, you know, just going around, talking to people, getting different insights and views, possibly change your outlook on the same situation. And that's all coaching. That's all being disciplined on and off the field. So, yeah, I really do think my, my parents' strictness had a, had a real good impact on my life and how I am today. Well, what was growing up in the Charlotte area like for you? It was great, man. You get a little bit of everything there. You get the country life, but you also get all the all the seasons there. You get your city life if you go more towards downtown. And uh, I feel like I, I got a little taste of everything in Charlotte. I'm fortunate to come up out of that, that great city state. So when you say that you wanted to be a football player from an early age, that feels like something that's a bit far-fetched. How did you actually go about doing it? And sort of when did you realize that this isn't just a dream of mine, that I'm actually fairly close to achieving it and that I can achieve it? I mean, as time as time went on, I just stayed focused. I kept that goal in mind and knew what I wanted to do in the end. So, I mean, I always worked or tried to outwork the next man. You know, uh, initially I, I wanted to play basketball. That was my my goal, and and the football thing was was more of a dream. But I started realizing in high school when I was being labeled a, a good player, one of the top players in the state, that this could actually happen. And then the levels go on. You know, uh, college ball and start rising above the college ranks. And I just felt like this is actually happening. That's crazy. Growing up in Charlotte, the two pro teams there, the basketball and, and football teams, are relatively young, right? Like, I mean, you know, because the, the Charlotte basketball team hasn't been there for that long, came in around the same time that the Heat did, then left, then came back in a different way. The Panthers were an expansion team not all that long ago. Did you have a fit? Was there, was there a team that you picked there? Were you more of, I guess it would have been the Hornets and then the Bobcats? Yeah, and, the Hornets. It was the Hornets. I wasn't really too much. I, I was a little bit older when the Bobcats came around, and I had a favorite team by then. But uh, it was definitely the Hornets growing up, and uh, that's the team my dad tried out for after he played uh, pro ball overseas. And, um, yeah, I, I used to love going to the Hornets games, man. And uh, when the Panthers came, that was my team. I just remember Jake DeLome, all those guys, Steve Smith growing up, watching all of them. And wanting to be out on that field with those guys. Who was your favorite Hornets player? Uh, Muggsy Bowes, man. <laughs> Muggsy <laughs> Bowes was my dude. And, um, and he ended up coaching one of my, my AU teams. His son was on one of the younger teams. And he helped out with us and the older guys. And just, just having a, a, a walking, living legend right there uh, made a big impact. Well, you got to admit it. You could post up Muggsy Bogues, right? I mean, he's five, <laughs> right? You're, you're nearly six feet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I dunk on my, nah, let me start. <laughs> my dude, so. so, all right, so take us through it a little bit. As Chris was asking you, you kind of come to a certain point where you realize, I'm really good at this, at football. I may be able to make a living at this. You go to Illinois. I know you've talked about this a little bit before, that there was kind of a misunderstanding there, which led to your transfer. Is there anything you can tell us about kind of what happened? Yeah, I, I was eight years old, basically just hanging with the wrong crowd. Got us trouble I shouldn't have gotten into. And, um was asked to leave the school, but it all worked out in the end. You know, it was just a life lesson. I had to learn from, from an early mistake. My only trouble, the only trouble I've ever been in in my life, and uh, that was the first trouble and the last. And I use it now as part of my, my story, my testimony. Like, 
everybody makes mistakes. It's about what you do after you make this mistake that separates you from everybody else and separates you from being a good or a bad person. You, you got to be able to bounce back. So what did you do to kind of go from there and, and not be able, and not repeat that mistake and, and become a different person? How did you grow from that? Well, I was never a, a troubled kid or a troubled child or anything. It was just about refocusing myself. So I had to get back on track, and I just – it was gut check time. So you really got to say, hey, where's my heart at? Do I really want to do this? If not, then there's no point for me even in trying. Like, I came this far to give up? No. So it was really gut check. I had to, I had to take a long look in the mirror of myself and, and say, all right, you got to straighten up. You got to get back on track, and you got to make this work if this is really what you want to do for the your life. Talking to Walt Aikens here. So you go to Liberty and you have a lot of success at Liberty and then you're a draftable player. And I just wonder how many times, because we talk about the interview process that players need to go through and you're talking to so many different teams. They're doing so much research on you that you come into those interviews and they seem to already know everything about you. But how many times did you have to explain what you just explained to us, to those evaluators? Because I, I, I over and over, right? Probably about 32 times. I'm in that area. I mean, did you get the sense, Walt, that they believed you, that that they understood what you were about, or, or did you sense that some were skeptical? Because I I would think that you know, with your pedigree, what you did at Liberty, you might have gone even a little higher than the fourth round, if not for that situation. So, so did, did you feel that you made your case to the evaluators? Yeah, there? I feel like I did, but I mean, everything happens for a reason, you know. So at, at that point, I could only tell them my story. Uh, I can only tell them what happened and, and everything else. Uh, I had to leave it up to God. I, I can only control what I can control. Everything else is up to the people who are put in a position to make those decisions. So they asked me my questions. I told them straight up. Uh, it's my first time ever being in trouble. My last time ever being in trouble, it was a mistake that I, I shouldn't have made, but I did. And I learned from it. So it was, it was really up, up to them to decipher. So you come down here to the Dolphins in the fourth round. You come down here as a safety. You start playing special teams uh, right away. But take us through the first interception that you had with the Dolphins as a rookie. Just, I mean, I, I've got to assume that you know exactly what happened on that play and that you probably played it back a few times in your head. Yep. It was against the Oakland Raiders in London. Uh, and we are in cover four. Had a tight end running vertical, ran an out route, uh, jumped it. Picked off the seven route and took off down the sideline, man. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a great feeling to have a real NFL ball in your hands in a real-life game. <laughs> it's something that you, you dream about. You dream about getting picks and making plays in the NFL. And, and when that actually comes into play, it's, it's a very special moment that you'll always remember. And I feel like it takes so much to get to that point. I, I've you know been working with a, with a few ex-players in the course of my media career, and the way that they describe all the things that happen in one play of a football game, it seems like so much to even be in that position and then take advantage of it. If you're a defensive player, I, I can't imagine, obviously, you're, like you said, your dream is to make plays and to get interceptions and all that, but all that it takes in order to get there. Can you articulate sort of, do you remember like what coverage you had on the play and all the different responsibilities that you had to let to you getting that interception? Yeah, man, we were in uh, cover four. And I remember having number two, which was a tight end. I was on the right side of the uh, right side of the field and um, I got a vertical stem and he ran a, ran a deep out and I got a good jump on the ball, uh, undercut the, the, the seven or the out. And uh, picked it off right on the sideline, tiptoed a little bit, and uh, took off right down the sideline. This got is as much the, as I could. I wanted. 
I wanted six on that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I blame my boy Mike T for that. He should have blocked the quarterback. <laughs> well, he's not. He, well, Michael Thomas, who you mentioned in there, he's not here anymore. So you you can blame him. He may not hear the podcast. Although we might. I, I call him and tell him that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt about it. Well, it is. I mean, what Chris is asking though is is totally true because I think football fans sometimes forget all the intricacies that go into this, right? Like, I mean, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they see you as athletes and they don't recognize the hours and hours and hours of film work that it's not film anymore. I know it's, that's it, not how you guys process. It, it will always be film, Ethan. It'll it, always yeah, be film. I, I, I guess it's always film. The, the, the work that you guys do to study everything on every play. And I, I just, and I mentioned this before I got once got a, a chance to spend an hour with Jason Taylor, watching a tape of offensive linemen with him and just him breaking down everything that happens and him being able to read the slightest movement of a finger of uh, you know, a, a knee of a leg yeah. to know what was going to happen on that play. And I just think there are so many things going on in football with 11 on 11 at all times that, that fans just miss that they watch the quarterback. Uh, they see where the ball goes, but everything else that's happening, it's just, it's just a much more intricate game than I think it's given credit for. Yeah. It's so much that the untrained eye doesn't see. Uh, like we know what we're looking for. So, so we can dissect and analyze certain things, but from the outside looking in, I mean, it just looks like a regular football game. They don't see the, the complex schemes and everything that goes into it, which is, I mean, which is kind of fun. It's like a little secret. Like, you know, a team has their own secret. We we know what's going on. The fans don't know what's going on. They can't really see how we handle or decipher certain things. So it's kind of cool in a way. But um, I, I like explaining it to people that, that don't really understand because it opens their eyes that we do so much more than just play a game. We actually study this game and know the ins and outs, and it's so much more complex than what you really think it is. But at the same time, though, like, does it kind of bother you that people are so comfortable criticizing, you know, the things that you do or the things your teammates do without an iota of the knowledge that it requires to really have a critical eye for this stuff? Uh, early on, it did, but as I got older. I mean, it comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what that's what they get paid to do. They get paid to analyze and critique and talk uh, whatever they want to talk. Um, it doesn't bother me anymore, but I would love to see some of those people actually play on the field or play a football game. That would be cool. <laughs> you know Maybe that would go, Walt. Like that, you know how that would go. <laughs> Maybe we could get something like that. Uh, I think that should be a five reasons. I, I think that should be a five-reason sponsored event. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that at the Davy practice facility. We'll get a bunch oh, of God. our listeners out there and get some of you guys. And, and basically, you guys just run down on on punt, you know, on punt team. Oh God! And, and, and see how see how that goes. But that is that is something I wanted to transition to, to you with because you, know, you mentioned the first interception. And I know that's like sort of the highlight uh, for a defensive back. But you you've transitioned into being a core special teams player and. I guess, is that a different preparation? Because, I mean, you don't know how much you're going to be on the field in, in the base or the nickel defense or the dime defense um, for the Dolphins, but you do know you're going to be out there uh, for kick coverage. You do know you're going to be out there for punt coverage uh, and for all of those other special teams. So what for a special teams player, what is the preparation like for a Sunday? You got to think about it like this. Every special teams play is a one-play game. Literally, it's a, it's a whole game in one play. Everything is riding on that play. There's no second down. There's no third down. There's one play where you got to go all out, stop the man with the ball, or bust some open for, for your returners to, to get yards and 
put your offense in the right position. It's one of the toughest things to do is thrive in special teams because you have so many people out there so quick. Uh, everything's happening so fast, and it's a lot of space. You know, running down on punt, it's not easy making plays running down on punt. So you might have two jammers on you plus a, a shifty returner. So, I mean, you just got to look at it from the mindset that you can't be stopped regardless of what's thrown at you. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a one-play game. So uh, we we take care of it by, um, by we call it our 111, uh, every player on the field. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corian.com. As their job to do. They they do their one eleven, and then as a whole, we'll make up a team and we'll be successful on special teams. So as as, as long as everybody does their job and um, is in that right spot, then then we're straight. And we we pride ourselves on uh, being accountable. We hold each other accountable. So if I got a person that's going to be outside of me in practice, then in the game I expect that same person to be outside of me and, and do their job. So that's how we that's how we really approach each day. We we hold each other accountable, and we want to win. We want to go out there and be the one making all the plays. So it's a competition in our room. Is special teams something that you think is undervalued in the league? And I also, I'm also curious about what kind of tightrope it is because, like you said, it's a one-play game, and if, let's say, the snapper, right? Like I, I can't imagine too many people have thoughts about John Denny, but he's been doing the job for 15 years and I feel like we would notice if he started to make mistakes. It feels like it's the kind of job that people only really notice when mistakes are made. But what kind of tightrope is that as a player that if you miss your assignment on a special teams play, it can be an 80-yard touchdown, and that totally changes the game? It could be. That's that's why we hold each other accountable. Right. And we, <laughs> yeah, if, if one person is out of, of their position, then it could be an 80-yard 80, 80 play like you said, but... At the same time, you got 10 other guys that, that have your back. So if you slip up, shoot, then we got 10 other guys doing their part trying to get to the ball as well, holding each other accountable. We might be mad, but shoot, we're going to get them down. <laughs> For real. So well, I want to do some rapid fire with you here. All right, so I'm going to give you a few questions. You throw some answers uh, at me. I, I have been checking out your IG account a little bit, so some of this comes from there. So I'm, I'm going to throw some stuff at you uh first thing here first because you have a lot of photos with him on there and you mentioned him earlier how much do you miss michael thomas it's my boy man you know uh mike really really showed me the ropes of uh, special teams and uh just showed me how to how to go about doing certain things how i carry myself and to take pride in this a lot of people may not think special teams is that important but like i said it's a one play game and uh, for a lot of us it, it, it keeps people around keeps people on teams and 
uh, a lot of teams see that those players are, are really balling and give them other opportunities and chances. So this is very important. It's vital. I saw a photo on there. Uh, you were hosting a Super Bowl party in Charlotte last year, and there's a photo on your IG of you appear to be talking trash to Tom Brady. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you have to ask Tom that one. I think he has all the answers. You, you, you think he heard you through the television? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, we made a we made a little little uh, bet though. We made a promise, and uh, I can't say nothing. He told me I can't say nothing of what was spoken, but he told me here, tell y'all. So y'all go ask him. All right. So we'll we'll have to ask Brady about that. Hopefully in an AFC yeah. championship game afterwards, that would, that would be a nice place uh, to go with this. All right. Um, also, I saw some pictures of Chick-fil-A on there. So I, you're on a desert Island. Um, you, you can only eat Chick-fil-A. You can order one thing from there for the rest mm. of your life. It's the only thing you're ever going to eat again. What is it? Spicy chicken sandwich, deluxe, add bacon, pepper, jack cheese, large fry, and a sweet pea. <laughs> Is that no shake? No shake? My Ooh. daughter always wants nah, to no shake. shake. No shake. No shake. I'm good with the sweet tea. Okay. I'm from the I, Carolinas. I like that. I'm a big fan All of right. the lemonade from uh from, from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but uh is there is there another kind of is there another uh fast food place or another uh or another chicken place that that is your or is Chick-fil-A the place? Chick-fil-A is the place, man. <laughs> but I rock with some other chicken places, I ain't gonna lie. But uh Chick-fil-A is always clutch, man. You know they got the, the Best service around. I'm thinking about going to get my oil changed up there. <laughs> well, you're, you're, on, all. you're yeah. I mean, you're on the line long enough. They come take your order on the line. The one in Miramar, like exactly. goes all down the block. I mean, you can you can basically like trade stocks. You can do whatever you want while you're waiting for your chicken. Yeah, I heard they got a little pit crew. Everything. <laughs> Before we get back to the episode, we've got something else cool to give away. I feel like people just keep giving us tickets. We've got Colombia Venezuela tickets at Hard Rock Stadium, 8 o'clock on Friday night, September 7th. Yeah, I can assure you that will be a ridiculously fun atmosphere. Colombia, Venezuela, natural rivals in any sport. But Venezuela, an up-and-coming nation in the world of soccer. Colombia, obviously, off a run in the World Cup. They're eliminated by England in the round of 16. But I can assure you of this. There will be yellow, there will be blue, there will be red in the crowd at Hard Rock Stadium. There will be many people there, and it will be loud and rock. It's going to be an amazing environment. We've got two tickets to give away, courtesy of our friends at Doral Toyota. But first, Ethan, we've got a code word contest as it relates to this episode. Yeah, we do. So if you've been listening to this episode with Walt Akins, all you got to do is tell us this. What does he order at Chick-fil-A? You don't have to tell us the whole thing. Just give us the basic order. Tweet it to at 5 Sports. First person to tweet it to us wins the tickets. We don't just have any old staff meetings here at the 5 Reasons Sports Network. We have watch parties at bars surrounding major games. And now we're going to be playing games. We're going to be having a 5 Reasons Sports soccer match at Soccer Zone Indoor. It is on the corner of Flamingo and Miramar in Miramar. You come hang out with us. We'll be playing kind of a round-robin style of soccer matches. There will be many torn ACLs. But most of all, Ethan, here's how you, the listener, can play with us. Yeah, I already have a torn ACL, so I don't know how much I'll be out there, actually, Chris. Uh, so that's not a real good idea. But here's how you win, okay? Go to the 5 Reason Sports page on Twitter, at 5 Reason Sports. We've put up there in our profile a link to our patron page. All you got to do is click on that, sign up for patron. We reduce the price from $5 to $3 for just September so that we could invite you to events like this. Show up at the event and show us that you subscribe to Patreon and you will get on a field and you will be able to look, make 
three, two, one. And you will get on a field and you will be able to make a lot of us, well, maybe not me, look absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so this is our first ever match. It's going to be at Soccer Zone Indoor, corner of Miramar and Flamingo, 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday, September 12th. All right. How many times have you, because this is a Charlotte favorite because I spent some time up there. How many times have you been to Mertz downtown? Mertz? Mm-hmm. Uh, been a couple of times. Oh, uh, I was going to ask Carowinds. Oh, I was, oh, I was hoping you asked me Carowinds. Well, all right, that one too. I, I mean, what, what are your spots there? Uh, Carowinds, I've been there uh, two hundred and fifty-six, two hundred fifty-seven thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. man. My pops used to drop me off at ten o'clock in the morning and pick me up at ten o'clock at night. <laughs> so yeah, man, I used to spend all my days at Carowinds. Um, right, is guess. there uh, is there is there any places in Miami that have become your spots? Um, the bed. <laughs> no, come on. Chick Fil A. <laughs> Some things never change. You can you can take the man out of That's North it. Carolina, but you're not taking the North Carolina to the man. <laughs> Thinking of heading over there now. Right, we got two more here. Yeah, a little bit. I, I, li- I really like want Chick Fil A. I really want. I like Bojangles, man. We need we need a Bojangles down here in South Florida. Yeah, you know, we do. We don't have any. We got Popeyes, but we don't have Bojangles. Bojangles is much better. Spicier, I think, the Popeyes. I, I like it a little bit like it a little bit better. want to get to two more that are a little bit more serious here. Um, one is that, obviously, there's a lot of talk in the news about kneeling, about Kaepernick, as we talked to you today. That's a big topic with, uh, with the Nike campaign. You have a different perspective on this, though, than a lot of uh, than a lot of players, uh, because you've been working with the Police Athletic League for a long time, and so you've you've kind of been in the trenches on this, um, as opposed to people who are sort of shouting from the sidelines at w- about what NFL players should do, what the police should do. I mean, you're in the middle of it, so. What kind of knowledge can you lend in terms of your relationships that you've had with police officers, the work that you've done with the PAL, and sort of your perspective on the entire debate? Uh, I feel like the, the Police Athletic League is a great um, organization to help trouble kids and, and get the youth and, um, active jobs in the community. You know, um, growing up, uh, PAL saved a lot, of, a lot of the kids I grew up with lives. Because they they grew up in um, uh, bad housing uh, projects or neighborhoods that weren't so good, um, had a lot of family support, and uh, the the whole power organization just gave kids a, a sanctified place where they can go and and just be free, you know, go out there and and have fun with other kids, their age, play sports, um, and a lot of the PAO programs that that we offer aren't even sports related. A lot of them are after school programs just to make sure that kids have a place to be that's that's safe and getting them uh, and keeping them from getting into trouble. How'd you get involved with it? I was a child kid growing up. That's the first football team I ever played for. Um, basically, we have maybe like eight to 10 teams in Charlotte and they were all in this organization. So based off your closest neighborhood, um, that's w- what team you played for. So a lot of the kids I went to school with uh, we're all on, on my teams and a lot of kids I grew up with in the neighborhood. So um, that's usually how it goes. And you build those relationships that last a lifetime. Like I still talk to the kids I grew up playing with today. And um, and we talk about anything. We talk about life. We talk about sports. We talk about um, these things in general, old memories. And a lot of them are, are successful now and could possibly help me out. I could possibly help them out. And I, I owe it all the power because I wouldn't have built these relationships and bonds uh, that I have if I wasn't a part of the organization. And I feel like since uh, Powell gave me so much to look forward to, 
I feel like the only way, uh, only thing for me to do now is to give back to the community is is to go talk to those uh, same kids that grew up in the same neighborhoods as me and they are are low on confidence or they don't feel like something's going right. I can be that pushing factor like, hey, I made it out of here, man. We can all do this. It's going to be a grind, but it's, it's work. We don't, we don't push through it. So, Walt, how do we bridge that gap? Because, I mean, I, like you said, you have a really close relationship with Michael Thomas. I know he was extremely active um, in the community. Obviously, Kenny Stills has a very strong perspective on this. He went out around the country this year, actually, to, to talk to people firsthand to sort of develop his perspective. you got other guys like Robert Quinn who have a perspective on this issue. And then we just have a lot of screaming from other people about what you guys should do, shouldn't do. What is your advice? How, how do we get people to the table to actually take action on this stuff and sort of build relationships instead of like sort of as corrosive as the debate has become? Well, the, the first step was raising awareness. And uh, I mean, from, from media sources, you can tell that awareness was raised. And I guess the next step is coming together to try to make a change. Um, instead of arguing both sides at this point on, on who's right and who's wrong, who should kneel, who shouldn't. Man, I feel like we should just come together. We, we need to have an executive meeting, come together and, and see what we can do, what we can implement in these communities to possibly change some of the stuff that's going on. And um, I don't feel like any change will come about with all this arguing. I feel like until there's an actual sit down and, and some things change, then it's just going to be hectic. But um, that's about all I have on this topic at the moment. So final thing for you here, Walt, we were looking at some of the expectations for the Dolphins this season. And I know you said that, you know, sometimes you kind of want to get other people out on a football field with you to see how hard it is and see how it goes for them. Um, Right now I was looking at it. uh, We have a, we, we do business with a, with a betting site that has the Dolphins 32nd out of 32 teams in projected wins. Um, I think ESPN didn't have, didn't have a single Dolphin in the top 100 in terms of players. I think NFL Network had only one, which was which was Cam, uh, who was somewhere in the 70s. So make your case here. What are people missing about this team? They'll just have to see. Simple as that. Count us out if you want to. Right, right, exactly. That was going to be my perspective, which is, is that something that – that motivates yeah, football players? Because I'm always curious about motivation and the way that it can kind of be used. But is there a, a nobody believes in us sense about the team? I mean, if that's what they want to believe, then it is what it is, man. All I can do is go out there every day, put the grind in, and show up on Sunday. Sundays, the results will show. If they're right, then they're right. If they're not, then we'll see. I don't really do too much speculation on what they're talking about. So we got to play our game, play my game. And we'll be straight. What's strange about it to me, Walt, is that you guys made the playoffs and won 10 games just two years ago, and now you got your quarterback back. <laughs> so I'm, I, it's it's odd. It's a little bit odd to me that that kind of this is where the conversation has gone. But as you said, got to kind of uh, prove it on the field. That's That has nothing to do with anything you said to Tom Brady, right? We don't get any guesses about what you said. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I told you that. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, Walt, we really appreciate the time. Um, you, you were a great guest. You also made us hungry for Chick-fil-A, and I got one about a mile and a half from my house with a playground. playground. So I might, I might. But, but I'll say this, Walt. I got one more thing on Chick-fil-A. Why is it? Have you noticed this when you go to Chick-fil-A? I, I know you go to the drive-thru most of the time, but I go inside, and at the playground. I like, go inside all the time. Okay, so I'm you go in. Person. I want to say okay, okay. to everybody. Okay, so you go inside. So do you notice this? Because this drives me crazy. Do you notice the parents? Do you go to one that has a playground? Because a lot of the Chick-fil-A's, they have the little playground, right? Yeah, they had a little indoor playground. Okay, so 
Do you notice this too? The parents just leave their kids and they just they take off. It drives me crazy. It's a safe place. It's almost like cow. It's a safe environment for kids. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they do charitable work. <laughs> That's right. See, exactly. Yeah, they do charity work and everything. I feel like we made a mistake not making this whole podcast about Chick-fil-A. I, I know. Well, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have an endorsement for them, but, uh, but maybe, we'll, maybe we'll work on that. Walt, we really appreciate it. Best of luck this season. We'll find out what you said to Brady, I guess from Brady at some point. And hopefully you guys, I know you're not focusing on it, but hopefully you guys can prove a lot of the uh, the doubters wrong right now. And, and, and hopefully you'll get that second pick this year. We can come back and talk to you about that as well. Most definitely. I appreciate you. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.